My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a very windy and very cold winter morning here in the capital today as storms continue to batter the nation. But joining me on today's show to hopefully add a little bit more brightness to affairs is Adam Norsworthy, Managing Director of Fusion Telecom. Now, Fusion is a business which supplies secure telecom and payment services to business and contact centres under the PayGuard brand. Um, Adam, very warm welcome to yourself today. And by all means, thank you for taking the time to join us on the show. Good afternoon, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's an immense pleasure welcoming you onto the uh, the programme there today, Adam. Now, um, on this programme over the course of the last couple of years, and understandably so, the COVID-19 pandemic has been an incredibly hot topic, just given the significant effect it's had on industry and people's lives alike, and perhaps a significant change that has been sort of spurred on by the pandemic is so the sort of changing trends in how people are paying for goods and services. Um, we've seen the e-commerce space grow significantly during COVID, and there's more of a preference now for people to pay for goods online. Um, and that is going to inevitably have an impact, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen um, the COVID-19 pandemic really um, pull technology forward. Um, a lot of the technology, I think, existed beforehand. Um, certainly, the regulation for, for the technology did. Um, but people's adoption of the technology is what's really um, take it, pushed it forward, made it um, much more prevalent in its use across business-to-business communication and, and in the payment sector and in many other sectors, too. So we've really seen uh, technology playing now a major, major role in um everybody's working life at some point and certainly for office workers and contact center workers we're seeing that that they're using multiple different systems multiple applications over multiple different devices as a standard part of their day-to-day working life and even though we've seen sort of the end of sort of strict covid restrictions in the uh, the uk for the time being for sure um, that sort of hasn't reverted to the status quo, has it? Technology is still playing a very significant part in people's lives. There's a lot of talk about it sort of being very much involved in the workplace of the future. And that preference to pay for goods and services online doesn't seem to be going away. So it seems that these changes that have been hastened by the pandemic, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be very much in place for the long term, aren't they? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And the reason is because technology actually helps businesses uh, reduce, typically reduce their costs. It's, it's more efficient. Um, the communication is, is really strong uh, now that people have got used to working with Zoom and Teams. Um, and there is a, a difficulty in adopting new technology that uh, many businesses have. Uh, and there's, there's a sort of a hump that needs to be gotten over. And now that the, the COVID-19 pandemic has driven people to, to really work through that, they've got to the other side and they found that, uh, you know, in the, in the world of payments, for example, there are so many different ways in which people can pay and there's ways in which you can pay and there are faster ways you can get money and there's more secure and compliant ways that you can pay and looking after your customers' data. So they're really seeing that this technology, while it, it takes a little bit of time just to learn about it, understand how it fits into your business, once you've got through that, it really is a better way to do business. Um, and that's why I think it's really here to stay. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose some of the sort of the negative aspects of that that businesses are trying to sort of get around at the moment is sort of the risk element um, attached to that. And obviously, when it comes to payment solutions, you've always got sort of fraud risks in mind. And businesses do just have to be sort of very aware of these things when kind of making that transition, don't they? And I suppose maybe one or two have sort of been a little bit hesitant for those sorts of reasons. Yeah, they, they have. And I think the payment space is one of the least understood. Uh, it, 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 and part of that is because the rate of change is growing fast. So when, when we learn a new thing about payments, we, we think, right, okay, I've, I've got that now. Um, and in the space of learning that new thing, we find uh, three more new things that have come around. Um, and security around payments is, is, is definitely a key factor in people's decision as to what payment methods they use. It's not actually the biggest. The biggest is convenience. Uh, and that's why we're seeing, for example, people uh, tapping their, their cards using chip and pin technology for debit or credit card payments. It's not very secure. Anybody can tap someone else's card, but it is very convenient. So that's, that's the primary thing that's driving consumers in their payment choices. Um, but the, the new methods that are coming out, because uh, are, are, the new methods coming out are really well uh, understood by, um, by the card issuers, by the banks and by the regulatory bodies as being far more secure because they realize it's up to them to really drive the security into the market as the customers favor um, the, the ease of payment. So we're seeing things like open banking transfers, interbank transfers, uh, and some of the new card payment technologies being far more secure than they were before. And obviously with the advent of this, um People talk about there may one day be sort of a cashless society. Could this maybe sort of hasten a move towards that in your perspective? Yes, because cash, cash has taken a big step back during the, the pandemic. And now um, debit cards are overwhelmingly uh, the majority of transactions within the UK. Uh, and within that top mix, cash is still there in the top five, but you have other things like direct debit payments, faster payment bank transfers uh, and just looking at faster payment bank transfers you know now the money is really being transferred within seconds typically less than 10 seconds and and, and on average around two seconds from one bank account to another and because it's done electronically using mobile banking of which um, 84 percent of uk adults registered and over 50 percent in 2021 used regularly it's really accessible technology too so it's very easy to pay by card. It's very easy to pay by bank transfer. And uh, it's actually less convenient to have cash. Once you've run out, you have to go and get some more. And there's not much that people do at the cash point other than withdraw cash. So there's no other reason to go there. So these technologies are becoming so convenient that as the convenience replaces the convenience of using cash, we'll see that the cash will continue to decline. Yeah, that's um, a very interesting point, certainly. And I think as well, um, when we sort of start to maybe see that transition start to truly sort of come about, I think what is going to be incredibly important, just because one thing that the pandemic has thrown into light as well is sort of a bit of a digital divide in certain parts of society, is that issue of accessibility that you talked about as well. And obviously having that digital access, if that's going to become the status quo for transactions, that's going to be so, so, so important, isn't it? And so 
if we're moving toward a cashless society, the key thing is to make sure that those people that are sort of disadvantaged digitally maybe don't have the digital aptitude, perhaps like older people, they're not going to necessarily be left behind when that transition happens. That's right. And there's a couple of things I think to say on that. What One of them is that there is a really um, strong driver for improving the user experience. Uh, and the user interface that people are, are working with when they're making uh, banking payments and card payments and other payments. I remember uh, when I was a lot younger buying software, uh, you know, in, in a shop with a CD and a manual, and it would take a while to install it. Uh, and then I would have to read the manual on how to, to use it, what the options meant and where things were. Nowadays, the idea of downloading an app on a phone and having to read a manual to know how to use that app is, is, is ridiculous, especially for anyone under the age of, of 30. So while technology is still not used by everyone, and there are some people really struggling with its adoption, it is getting much easier for people to use. And that's really being driven by the companies that want people to use their technology. Um, the other thing is that n not embracing these technologies will become life will become harder and harder. Fewer places will accept cash or all types of cash, and it'll become easier just to purchase things online. So with the ease of one thing becoming better and the, the difficulty of using the other becoming increasing as well, then we go, I think we're going to naturally see a drive towards uh, the adoption of, of these faster payment systems, and we're not really going to be worrying about leaving too many people behind. Yeah, that certainly sounds very positive. And um, with sort of the demand for sort of digital services on behalf of merchants now sort of increasing, um, as we've seen during the uh, the pandemic, I suppose payment service providers have also got to try and shoulder the sort of extra demand in the short term, while these sort of new technologies start to really kind of take hold. So has that, from sort of your experience, been something that they've dealt with well, that increased demand? Because that sort of comes with its own pressures, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a really open space right now, and it's quite a, an exciting space for, for a lot of people. Um, I think that technology has been quite difficult in many ways to engage with for various reasons over the past 30 years. Uh, but it really is becoming far simpler. Um, and with things like um, application programming interfaces, APIs, becoming the standard way in which applications are built, uh, but for everyone involved in the payment ecosystem, they're able to really uh, technically communicate with other applications in a far simpler way. And that makes integrating these, these different programs or parts of these different systems much easier. Um, and it, it, it allows customer-facing applications to take far more responsibility for the services that they're offering the consumer. So when the consumer can plug into, for example, if you have a, a, a banking account with a major bank, not only can you see your own bank account, but you can also, using that major bank's application, pull in your transactions from other bank accounts that you might have with, 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 with different banking providers. So um, they really are playing their part. It's easier for them today to play their part because of API technology. And the consumer's really benefiting because wherever they're really plugging into this, um, they're not really having to understand the complexity behind it. That's done for them by by their providers. Mm. 
And I suppose that only bodes well for sort of that older generation we've talked about that are more likely to have sort of multiple accounts with multiple different sort of banking providers. I mean, although we are sort of far from being in a position where we know what the lasting impact is going to be, I suppose um, many of the sort of payment processing trends, as we've discussed, that we've seen during COVID are certainly going to be uh, to be here to stay. And um, I'm actually just looking at uh, some statistics from sort of 2019 and 2020. Um, that um, we saw a doubling of online shoppers over the age of 60 who now sort of see sort of online transactions as sort of their preference. They don't go around sort of taking cash out with them anymore. And it's also sort of far safer for them to uh, to do that as well. So we can see already just sort of how it's sort of starting to shift towards that. That's right. And 50 is, you know, is really important, especially for people who are 50, 70, 80. And we can't in this biometric. Absolutely. And um, I suppose as well, when it comes to kind of the education side of things, um, just sort of away from sort of the direct payment processing side of things, I guess there needs to be a lot more awareness now of how to sort of buy goods and services in a safe way online, because what fraudsters, I suppose, naturally are going to do is conduct more fraudulent activity online, maybe try and sort of take advantage of fake vendor websites, that sorts of things. So Obviously, we have to become a lot more aware of online safety in that post-COVID digital world as a direct impact of that transition toward online transactions. So that's something sort of in the backdrop of all of this that is probably going to be very, very critical moving forward too. Yeah, I I really think there is a disconnect between um, the how people feel about security and payment in general, how consumers feel, and what's actually going on. So we're seeing uh, the payment card industry's data security standard release their version four this year, um, which is uh, going to further support security uh, around card payments. We're seeing the the European Union uh, issuing their payment services directive version two uh, a few years back, but that's now coming in force just in in March on the 14th of March this year. And that's uh, going to be bringing in strong customer authentication as mandatory as part of the 3D Secure uh, V2 for card online transactions. So all of this sort of security stuff that's going on uh, really means 
behind the scenes, there's, there's a lot tighter security. And for consumers paying, they will be uh, consistently seeing messaging around the, the types of businesses that they are paying. So for open banking transactions, for example, which can be done now uh, online or over the phone, um, you will see multiple times the name of the business that you are paying. Um, and not only that, you're not actually sharing any financial information with anyone, um, including the person that you're paying. Uh, they're simply contacting your bank and your bank will say, yes, we understand you want payment. We're not going to share the payment details of the person that you want the payment from. We can simply make sure that, that transaction happens as long as they authorize it. Um, so there's less, there's actually less data, uh, that is available, um, to be seen by, uh, hackers or, or fraudulent, uh, applications. And, um, and there's more opportunity for the consumer to see again and again and again when they're making these transactions are you sure we've done a check does this business name match who you're attempting to pay mm. um so i i think really what we're seeing is an improvement in security and we'll see a drop in fraud over the years going ahead mm. with this technology even though the process of pay is actually becoming simpler but i don't think consumers feel that they do feel a little worried about new technology new opportunities for fraud and how is that going to affect them? And I, I don't think that, that that attitude is going to change until they really just continue to embrace the technology as they're doing in any case because it is convenient and start to see that, that fraud uh, drop. Yeah, exactly. And just talking about sort of adopting that technology, I suppose, for a lot of SMEs that maybe sort of installed their first payment terminal there for the first time just as COVID was kicking off. E-commerce capability is now sort of becoming a must-have rather than just sort of a nice extra, isn't it? And it's quite obvious uh, from my perspective that in order to survive and thrive, what the business world needs to do is to now adapt to these new sort of payment processing trends and the change in consumer spending behaviour. Yeah, consumer spending behaviour has really changed. And this is absolutely right. The businesses need to uh, embrace all of these changes and offer consumers um, different 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 ways in which they'd like to settle their accounts or make payments. We're seeing uh, the increased use of Apple Pay, of Google Pay. We're seeing the increased use of a tokenization of cards, bank information for recurring payments, so direct debit payments are increasing. We're seeing standing orders with banks increasing. Um, and people uh, really do have quite a wide choice. Um, as to how they would like to pay. And different people do like to pay in different ways because maybe they're more comfortable with something, they've had better experiences with something in the past. And we're seeing that businesses who are more flexible and open to adapting the way that they can accept payment uh, really are becoming more successful. And we're seeing that across the board with technology and in business operation in general. Uh, it's the same with, with uh, the return to work from from after the pandemic, those businesses that are able to offer more working options for new members and existing members of staff in terms of are better positioned to retain staff, attract new staff. We're seeing that the same with payments. That companies can offer different payment options at the point of sale are more likely to have less payment attrition um, and, uh, and, and happier customers. Yes, exactly right. And um, just thinking about sort of the future now and what that sort of might bring 
in terms of sort of real changes that you're going to be focusing on uh, within sort of the uh, the PayGuard brand. Um, what sort of key things are you going to be focusing on over the remainder of this year, 2022, as this transition really sort of starts to, uh, to take hold? Because even though, like I say, we might not see that cashless society we've talked about within the next couple of years, I suppose the signs are there that it is on the horizon. So organisations, businesses such as yourselves and those within the payment processing sphere, I suppose the idea is that they should already be planning for this to happen, shouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, people are also afraid in jumping into these new spaces because they're so complex and there's so much more information to learn. And a lot of us already have an overload of information uh, running running by us each day. And I think there's a responsibility that um, technology companies like Fusion Telecom have when we are developing products like PayGuard that we we embrace the regulatory frameworks, the changes in regulation, the security frameworks, changes in that too, and the changes in technology. We bring all of this together in such a way so that we can help uh, small businesses, large businesses, um, not have to worry about a lot of these things. And we can say to them, look, this ecosystem here is complex, it's changing, it's becoming more complex, uh, but don't worry. Um, we're going to bring all of that together for you. Uh, we're going to build a trusted partnership and we're going to deliver um, a service and then an application on top of that that allows you to uh, offer any particular way your customers pay, allows you to process transactions much cheaper than you're doing today, allows you to be compliant and really secure without having to start a process. You simply have to be aware that there is this, there is this increasing complexity and there's a business need to embrace it. So I think there's a good amount of awareness that needs to happen and some education around that. And we're going to to help people understand that, that fraud is reducing and it's going to be a, a more secure systems and technology out there, but also that they really need to embrace working with different types of companies, not just in the payment space, but in the uh, communication space. Exactly right. And having mentioned that R word, regulation, is there anything that you personally as an expert in the industry sort of wants to see from government to sort of help facilitate that transition to the best possible effect? Is there anything they can do to sort of make that move toward a cashless society easier if that is the way that things are really going to go? I would love to see lots of things happening in government. And what's quite strange is in this particular place, I think they're doing incredibly well. Um, UK, the UK are leading uh, the world um, by by a long way in the security of uh, banking payments and uh, the payments in general. And we're also leading uh, in terms of the ease of use. So, uh, for example, the, the open banking framework is, is, the, is part of European legislation that the UK adopted three years ago. And yet it's been uh, adopted within the UK to by far. So the UK processes more open banking transactions than every country in Europe put together last year. So we are way ahead of uh, where we should be. And uh, I think that the UK government has done extremely well in balancing uh, the requirements for security, uh, the requirements for competition. That's another thing that's really helped the consumer and improved security um, is the the regulation around that. Mm. And being sensible in helping people meet reasonable uh, requirements. So in this case, I think it's, really a, a question of businesses driving positive change for their own benefit and for the benefit of their customers. 
and the government have, have done have done pretty well. Yeah, exactly. And business now is going to have to really sort of take the rein, isn't it, and really drive all of this forward. And it is going to be a very fascinating time for the industry to kind of see just how, what kind of take shape this takes and sort of how long it takes for that to happen. And something that we're certainly going to be keeping a very, very close eye on because it does affect all of us, of course. And obviously for yourselves, I suppose that uh, Fusion Telecom Payguard, your priority is very much to be at the forefront of that as it really starts to take hold. And I suppose you're probably feeling, Adam, that it's exciting times for for the business as well. Yeah, that's right. We've always loved to be involved in innovative technology. Um, and I, I really feel that this is a, an area that um, can help businesses because a lot of us are, are more and more bogged down um, in the society that we have today with complexities that don't sit around our core product offering. The, the, the product or service we'd like to offer to the customers and really thinking about those customers. A lot of the requirements that we have around a business from a regulatory and security requirements and, and law uh, make uh, a, a diversion of our focus you know, important and compulsory so much of our time. Um, and so for, for me, reducing that admin and using technology to help businesses just provide great services um, is 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 actually really exciting, and and I think with payments we've got a real opportunity to do that. Uh, I have a lot of faith in business, and most businesses, uh, certain business owners I've spoken to are simply trying to do the best they can with what they have, provide a a, a good product and a good service for people. And um, there's a there's a real need for them to have more space and freedom to be able to to do that, um, and uh, reducing the amount of administration and concerns they have around compliance and security will really help and this technology that, that's available now for us not only gives the UK businesses a chance to, to, to improve and connect better with their customers um, which is exciting for us but it also gives them a chance to look beyond uh, the UK especially if they're in the digital space because they'll be leading in terms of their own internal business processes with this sort of technology and they can either take advantage of that by expanding out or, or in consulting those other markets. Being being a part of that is is just exciting for us and it's quite special. It's incredible, isn't it? And best of luck, of course, in sort of really taking advantage of those opportunities that are going to be there, Adam, over the course of the year, the next year. And as we really start to see sort of this take hold and we start to see exactly what's going to be required on that front, I would relish the opportunity to sort of catch up with you again on the show and just talk about this even more and just assess the ever-changing situation because it's in a constant state of flux at the moment, isn't it? And so it's something that's very exciting, changing all the time and something we certainly should keep a very close eye on. Yeah, it's really exciting to imagine where, how consumer trends are going to change over the next year um, and what we're going to see emerging um, and how, how a lot of this technology is going to be consolidated into applications that we use quite regularly. Uh, we've seen that in, to some extent already with things like Microsoft Teams and where it started out a, a few, just a few years ago and the way it's consolidated so many things into this application and with Zoom as well. Um, how that might happen in other areas like the payment space, that's really, really cool to see how um, how that'll progress. And a lot of that will be driven by consumers, as, as most things are. But in this particular case, there is a real opportunity for business to drive this because there are so many benefits to business adopting this um, in terms of much lower cost and improved security and lower risk and faster receiving payments you know, the same day or within seconds rather than waiting in three days to clear. There's so many benefits to business. I think we'll see businesses driving this much more than we, we, we normally would. Um, 
So, um, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. Indeed, it's business adapting to the marketplace of the future. And given how quickly industry has adapted to the challenges that the pandemic has thrown at it, I suppose it's going to be immensely fascinating to sort of see how it can continue to adapt to these ever-changing trends absolutely and um adam um i have to say it's been an immense pleasure once more welcoming you onto the uh, the program it's always fantastic talking to you and uh, thank you for taking the time to join us and to share some of your views and insights with the listeners and i'm sure they've enjoyed the interview just as much as i have well it's a pleasure scott thank you very much for having me on the program it was an immense pleasure welcoming Fusion Telecom Managing Director Adam Norsworthy onto today's show. And I do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview just as much as I did. Um, if you have been tuning in today and you feel that you might run your own business or organisation with its own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then by all means, we also want to hear from you. So why not also apply to be on our programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time to all of our regular listeners, please do take care and goodbye.